everybody, and welcome to the Growing Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast for this week. We talk about a bunch of TV shows. I go on a trip. We talk about some things coming down the pipeline in the next 10 years. And something else I can't quite remember. That's right, this week we talk about episode 4 of WandaVision. That is a very significant portion of this podcast. I went out to the Pacific Ocean. So we talk about that uh, for quite some time, which is uh, just a oodles of fun. We talk about uh, the Raya and the Last Dragon trailer as well. Uh, HBO Max has announced plans to make a Harry Potter television show. And over on Disney Plus, they have this new series of Pixar shorts called Pixar Popcorn. We talk about all of those things in this week's episode of the Going Up Cast. But before we get into any of that, just real quick, right here at the top, if you enjoy the Going Up Cast and wish to support the Going Up Cast, please feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash going up cast, where you can get access to the movie commentary tracks, the Pokemon Nuzlocke run, all sorts of great stuff going on over there on Patreon. And uh, in terms of stuff going on in the Today Sphere, uh, yesterday we finished New Moon, the audiobook. And now it is Eclipse. Eclipse has started to go up. Um, yes, there was a trailer. Um, it was great. I haven't made it yet at the time of recording this. I'm about to. I'm doing this first. Because, you know, orders of things. But yeah, I'm going to make a trailer. Uh, I've already read the first 15 or so chapters of Eclipse. It's me. It, these books make me so mad. That's kind of the whole point. Um, so I hope you enjoy those. Feel free to check that out at Goyamcast dot com forward slash audiobook where you can find all of my audiobooks that I've ever done that I've publicly released there's a couple of really saucy books that I'm never gonna fucking release because those are just for me <laughs> I'm just kidding let's move on to the podcast so I'm in the middle of uploading last week's podcast right now and one of my least favorite things is when I spot something newsworthy that I want to talk about after I've already finished the fucking podcast, which is what just happened. Um, so now I'm going to be a week behind when it comes to talking about this, but I guess that's, you know, that kind of what happens when you do a weekly show. Anyway, HBO, HBO Max, is in exploratory meetings to create a Harry Potter TV show. And I have many opinions on this. You would be hard-pressed to find a more informed Harry Potter fan than I am when it comes to the books and the world and all that stuff. Um, I've read the books countless times. I've seen the movies countless times. I'm in the middle of watching them for the commentary tracks right the fuck now. I am a goddamn walking encyclopedia of Harry Potter fun facts. And I'm fucking sick of Harry Potter. But that's mostly that's mostly my baggage. You know, there's there's nothing really about that shit that really fucking whatever my personal feelings of harry potter aside the bit that always gets me is those fucking people who go like hey if you if you can watch like a like a 24-hour version of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone that included every detail from the book would you and then a bunch of dumb people go yeah i would no you fucking wouldn't because there's a, there's a lot of reasons why shit got cut from the movies. One, is that it's boring and it doesn't matter. And two, nobody wants to watch a fucking 24-hour version of a fucking children's story. You, you don't. You don't know. You don't. People don't know what they want. You're like, there was a time in my life I would have died to get such a fucking TV. Harry Potter TV show? Fuck yeah. We don't even know what it's about. It, it could be it could be the main stories again. It could be the Marauders. It could be about their fucking kids, you know, after the fact. It could be a completely other fucking thing, like that goddamn open world game coming out of Rockstar that has, like, fucking nothing to do with the original books, you know? It's, like, set, like, 70 years before the events of Harry Potter or something like that. So Dumbledore might be around, but that's about it, you know? It's, it could be, it could be something like that. Or like the Lord of the Rings show, which I think takes place like a thousand years before the events of The Hobbit, which in and of itself takes place like 60 years before Lord of the Rings, you know? And Lord of the Rings takes place 
60 years after the start of Lord of the Rings. Because there's a 60-year period when Gandalf fucks off to go research about the ring before he comes back to fucking the Shire. 60 years pass in that moment in Lord of the Rings. 60 fucking years. It's, It's absurd. Anyway... Um, I'm, I'm getting off topic. So it it could be anything. And you know what? On paper, I'm excited because of course I'm going to watch it. Like that's the, that's the, that's the obvious bit. Will you watch the Harry Potter TV show on HBO max? Of fucking course I am. But since they're in exploratory meetings right the fuck now, they don't even know what the show's about yet. I'm not expecting this shit for like three to five years minimum like it's gonna take a while because once they determine a direction right then they gotta write all the fucking shit and then they gotta cast and make the fucking shit and we got a long time before we're gonna see hide nor hair of the harry potter tv show but this very much fits hbo's mo game of thrones his dark materials and now harry potter personally i would have preferred it to be something like aragon Something that hasn't been explored to death with fucking extra books and fucking Broadway plays and video games upon video games upon video games and then all the fucking movies. Like, you should have picked something a bit more obscure that has a fan base that hasn't been told to death. Aragon is is a really good fucking story when you boil it down. It's got dragons, it's got action, it's got really cool set pieces, it's more interesting than Harry Potter, because it hasn't been talked about all the fucking time. In my opinion, at least. I think Aragon would have made a would have made a better TV show. But I'm not, you know, whatever. That's why I'm not on the fucking decision-making board at HBO Max. That's the only reason. Because I would have been that guy in the room going like, Boo, Harry Potter, this idea is stupid. And then everybody else around me goes, But it's gonna make us tons of money. And then I go, I do like money. And then I'd shut up. Because that's where we're at. If they've got fucking amusement parks. And don't get me wrong, I love those amusement parks. They're fucking phenomenal. They capture the magic excellently. I'm still sick of Harry Potter. Like, it's a lot. You don't understand the toll reading those books did to me. You don't, you don't get it. It's, it changes you. I was a, I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, dewy-eyed fucking motherfucker. When it came to Harry Potter, I loved that shit. I lived that shit. I've got a homemade wand on my bookshelf right the fuck now in front of those books. Fuck Harry Potter. It's it's not a good story. It really is, and it's not written very well. All the characters are the fucking worst. The only thing interesting about the world of Harry Potter is the world of Harry Potter. The extended, like, world of it. Set the Harry Potter show not in Hogwarts. And I'll be I'll be all over it. You know what? Although that being said, um fucking Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is still trash. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. None of us know. And anybody that sits there and goes like this is what the show is gonna be about, blah 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 blah. blah. I, I, I spoke to fucking Matthew Lewis and he says it's gonna, nobody fucking knows you can shut up. They're all lying to you. They're all filthy liars. I'm the only one that's gonna give it to you straight. They're making a show. It's in exploratory meetings. We don't know what the fuck it's about and I'm bitter and grumpy about it. Because fuck, no. Just no. Should have been Aragon. <laughs> Should have been something else. Should have been anything else. But of course, it's not. Because if you have control of an intellectual property juggernaut like Harry fucking Potter, they're going to milk that cash cow for all it's worth. And I would do the exact same thing. I would hate myself for it, but I would do the exact same thing. Just like how I can't get mad at literally anybody for selling out. Because the second fucking Popeye's chicken or whatever the fuck gives me a call and goes, Hey, we love your podcast. Can you talk about how awesome our chicken is? And I'll go, sure. I've never been to Popeye's Chicken. Their chicken could just be fine. I don't know. But if they pay me money, I'm going to say it's great. Except I'll try to be honest. No one's ever sponsored. I'm backtracking instantly. Um, I'll never lie to you for sponsorship money. How about that? If somebody tries to sponsor me for something I don't personally agree with, 
I'll probably say no. Unless they offer me a bunch of money. In which case, enjoy Popeye's chicken sandwich. Fucking Harry Potter TV show. I can't wait to get super angry about this when it comes out. Oh, it's going to be great. Let's move on to the next thing of the podcast. Morning, everybody. <clears throat> it is well, well before 6.30 in the morning. I actually have to go into the office today, therefore I'm awake at the crack of dawn. It's not even dawn yet. It's gonna, not The sun's not going to rise until I get to the office. Anyway, um, I saw a, a new thing on Disney Plus and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And it's called Pixar Popcorn. And it is a series of, I think there were 10 uh, micro shorts. I mean, most of these don't even have voice acting. They are they are baby shorts. Little, little itty bitty baby shorts. Um, and they are... Uh, okay. Um, what is kind of nice about them is that it, it, it plays like slice of life, uh, for these Pixar characters, um, which is, is nice. Um, there, there is a, a, uh, 11th episode that's about half an hour long, um, that strings all of the specials together, which is great. Um, and the, uh, well, let's just run down the list here. We got to fitness and beyond, which is a workout, uh, video with Buzz Lightyear and the Toy Story gang. We got unparalleled parking, which is a parallel parking contest with the guys from cars. Dory finding, which is Dory just digging around with a bunch of trash. Soul of the city, which is just kind of a vignette, um, montage of some of the characters from soul just living in New York. Fluffy stuff with Ducky and Bunny. Um, is the Ducky and Bunny characters uh, from Toy Story 4 with Key and Peele. That one actually has voice acting. Um, and the Key and Peele ones are probably the best one because they're just naturally hilarious playing off of each other because, you know, that's what they do. Um, then there was Chore Day uh, with The Incredibles, which I thought was very sweet. Um, Day in the Life of the Dead, which brought us back to Coco, which, honest to God, I'd forgotten that was a Pixar movie. Like... It's, it, I don't lump it in with all the other ones. And part of this reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, they did do Coco, didn't they? So I'm nice. It's, it's nice that Coco got a little bit of attention and you get to see, um, a lot of the characters from the family, um, including like Hector and pop, uh, mama and Milda and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and then there's another one fluffy stuff with Ducky and Bunny three heads where they're shitting on little Bo Peep sheep, um, which is great. And then there's another cars one where they're all dancing. Cookie Num Num is probably my favorite. Um, it's about uh, Violet Dash and um, what the fuck is the dad's name? Paul? Now what's his name? Mr. Incredible. He is. He is. Um, what the fuck is his name? Bob. It's Bob. It's Bob Parr. Um, fight over a cookie while uh, Jack Jack and Mrs. Incredible sleep on the um, Helen. Yeah. Um, sleep on the on the couch, and uh, that one ends very sweetly. Um, and then, like I said, there's there's a b- option to watch them all in in one go. They they're decent. I mean, it almost seems like rude to to shit on them um, because they're like sixty second shorts. Like they're microscopic. They're they are pieces of popcorn. Um, probably my favorite thing about it is that we finally, finally after all of these years, got different starting animations for the fucking Luxo Jr. lamp in the Pixar intro. And it's all to do with popcorn. And they're all different. That's probably the best bit. Is that. That somebody finally took the time to animate different things for the fucking Luxo Jr. lamp. And update the goddamn Pixar logo. Um, Jesus. Because, you know, it has remained unaltered since it came out. Not that that's a problem, but, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I like it when people update shit. Oh, God, my phone's going off because it's telling me to go to work. Anyway, um, I thought they were pretty good. They do their job well. They're they're sweet. They're they're fairly innocent. Um, and, I mean, let's be honest, it's it's just kind of kind of nice stuff to watch. I wouldn't, like... I don't think it's peaceful to watch because it's over so fucking quickly. If you want like something peaceful to watch, then you got to watch like the Sunrise series, um, which is three episodes, I believe, unless they've added more. 
of uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom's um, iconic um, uh, fucking monuments. So Cinderella's Castle, the 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 fucking geodesic dome, and the uh, Tree of Life being filmed for an hour um, while the sun rises and beautiful calming music plays. And that series is one of the best things Disney Plus has put out, and I want them to do more stuff like that. Um, because it's so goddamn relaxing, and it's such a great thing to wake up to. So, yeah, there you go. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So every Friday, I have I have gotten into the uh, routine of a ritual where I will roll over, turn off my alarm that goes off like an hour and a half before I have to actually get up for work, and I will uh, watch the latest episode of WandaVision. And today, being Friday, was of no exception. Um, This is immediately after watching the latest episode of WandaVision. And I want to talk about it a little bit. First off, this one answered just a metric shit ton of questions. And if you don't want to be spoiled on WandaVision, then, you know, just plug your ears for the next, like, 15 minutes. Um, because I'm really going to dive into it. So this is the first episode we got of the the rest of the world. Um, it, it started off in what I considered to be a one of the best intros of a show. And it's one of those things that um, I hope Marvel... I mean, so far Marvel has not done this into the ground yet. Um, because there's so much opportunities there. And that is the effect of people coming back from the snap that like whole situation is just ripe for interesting stories and horrifying days and this is no exception we start with um i believe her name is monica rambo who is the daughter of captain rambo from captain marvel um if you if you remember that movie it's her kid it's the kid that de- that decides what captain marvel's um color scheme is so we've seen this character before but now she's grown up because obviously it's like 30 years later um and it is her in the hospital um and you can watch her actively phase back into reality and the hospital is losing its goddamn mind because beds occupied with patients are suddenly getting another patient placed on top of them people are coming back who they all thought was dead the the staff is coming back everybody's freaking out nobody knows what's happening which is exactly what would happen in that horrifying situation where half of reality, half of all life on the planet just suddenly came back at the same time. So it's, it's fucking nuts. And it's a great intro. And we get to that point. And then we find out that Monica works for an organization called SWORD, which stands for Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division, I believe. Or Research Division. One of those two. And we got hints of S.W.O.R.D. this entire time. End of episode one, we saw the logo. The the helicopter, which turns out to be an imaging drone. Because um, when, when something passes through the barrier between reality and this um, construct that Wanda has set up, it changes to match the time period. We saw that with the drone. We saw that with uh, Monica becoming Geraldine and becoming like one of the fucking neighbor kids. Um, And then we saw that with the agent that went across and became a uh, a beekeeper instead of the safety radiation suit he was wearing. Um, And like his tether became a jump rope, which I thought was great. Um, So we, we, we know that for sure. But uh, Monica goes in and it's gone. And she meets Agent Wu, who we all met from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And he's one of the best fucking characters. He fucking does close-up, sleight-of-hand magic to pull out his fucking business card when he's first introduced. Those subtle little details. Because he spent all of Ant-Man and the Wasp trying to pick up close-hand magic. And now he can just fucking do it. And it was so fucking cool for him to just be like, Whip, Agent Woo. I loved that. I thought that was amazing. And that's, oh, that's really one of those situations where Marvel is king. 
because it's a it's a callback to a movie that came out like four fucking years ago and it's done in such a subtle and small way that you're like almost to the point where if you didn't remember agent Wu, i think if you saw that character do sl- close-up sleight of hand magic you would remember what the fuck right you would remember um and i gotta uh, i gotta guess that because of that Wu didn't get snapped i have to assume that Wu didn't get snapped because he seems remarkably put together he definitely has the the air of somebody that did not get snapped especially if Wu is there doing his job three weeks after the snap which is where we are in the timeline we're like right there right after the snap wanda got snapped right i think wanda got snapped let me just check uh did wanda get snapped yes um she she did get snapped so this makes sense canonically wanda returns from the snap goes into the big old fight with thanos and is super fucking pissed right and then afterwards she can't handle the death of vision so she flees to the to a town called new jersey westview new jersey which did exist before she got there however once she did get there she sealed off the town from the rest of the world and wiped it from the collective memories of anybody within a certain radius would be my guess um that's why the sheriff doesn't know that westview exists and he says he's from the town of eastview which to me says that not only did wanda erase westview from reality i think she changed people's memories to think they are actually from the town of eastview would be my guess um but monica rambo over at sword gets a call from agent Wu um that there's a missing persons and when she gets there uh he's like nobody remembers this person so that further supports my theory that wanda has somehow barred this whole reality um from seeing what's happening inside westview and then of course we see this this energy field which according to darcy from thor told you these people were going to show up um is comprised of radiation that was created with the big bang how the how fucking powerful is wanda because she is powerful as hell anyway so the the sword starts setting up monitoring of the whole thing and darcy's the one that recognizes the long wave uh energy waves as television and so she shuts up the tvs and starts watching the first three episodes of wandavision the sitcom that we've all been experiencing except her version is heavily edited and while we see like the edits and the breaks and all the shit that goes wrong the broadcast that goes out in the in the canon of the show is edited and fucked with and so the agents don't see all the fucked up shit that we do um, it's all cut for the broadcast, which is fascinating. Um, we find the origin of who's talking to Wanda on the radio, and it was Agent Wu. We know that worked. We know that got through. But because Wanda edited the broadcast, it didn't. And then that begs the fucking question. Does Wanda know it's being broadcast and can be picked up by people outside her fucking field? Or is she unaware? Because she keeps changing her reality. Because she is in complete control of what is going on inside that fucking sphere. It really does seem like that. And it also seems like the vast majority of her neighbors kind of sort of know what the fuck is up. But they are terrified of saying anything um because it seemed right we saw herb and and um angie like talking to each other in quiet whispered voices and it really did seem like they knew something was wrong and maybe what they're doing is they're trying to like give hints to vision that shit is fucked and oh vision oh vision you're not real 
I I was I was I was thinking about it. I'm like maybe he's real. I think what is in what is the more likely happenstance is that he is a fabrication of Wanda to like a, a ludicrous degree of of sentience. It really does seem like Vision is just this whole fucking like the the strongest imaginary friend you could possibly have, and um, that is uh further emphasized by the fact that there's a point after Wanda blasts Geraldine out of the fucking reality sphere that she's created for herself, and then fixes the damage. She looks at Vision, and we see Vision's fucking dead ass body. The Mind Stone is ripped out of his forehead. He is grayed out. He's dead. As fuck. So, on one hand, Vision could be this incredible imaginary friend. On the other hand, we have seen him physically interact with people who we now know are all real because of the research that Wu and Darcy have done. He picked up the doctor. He physically touched the doctor. I think... Wanda is animating Vision's dead body, puppeting him like some kind of twisted-ass motherfucker to fuel her delusions that Vision is not dead. Which is incredibly sad. But also, holy fuck, what the hell, Wanda? I know you're in a rough spot. I know this. But holy sweet Jesus, this is... This is so much more than what I deem socially acceptable for such things. Um, and this is the best episode of this show so far because it felt like a fucking Marvel movie. It did. The budget seemed fantastic. The score was excellent. Um, everything about this seemed just like if this was a movie. Um... And it almost seems weird to sit there and be like, it's just like a movie. Um, because you know it's not. Just like how you know when you started episode one that you knew something was wrong. Because you're like, Vision's dead. Vision is is dead. And so my theory that Cap went back in time and fixed Vision with the Mind Stone is just fucking bupkis. Because Vision's dead as hell. Um, that's almost... I mean, it's still possible to come back from that, but I don't, I don't know how. Maybe by the end of the episode, they like, oh, excuse me. Maybe they can fix Vision if they can get a hold of the Mind Stone again. Logically, couldn't they just put them back together? Especially if you have his fucking carcass, um, you can just plug the Mind Stone right the fuck back in there. That's kind of his whole life energy. I have no idea. Or maybe take Vision to like the Wakandans, you know? Because like, wasn't that the whole thing? They they like they were in the process of taking the stone out of his head, and now that Thanos isn't a threat anymore, couldn't you? Theoretically, like, fix Vision. He's, he's a fucking machine. You should be able to fix him. Can't bring back the dead, but... You can fix him. He's a machine. He was built. He was made. He has biological components, but they were made. You could fix Vision. But of course, Wanda's too consumed by grief to think this through logically. Um, so she's created this whole fucking thing. And the end of the episode, uh, we get Geraldine back um, after she gets launched out. And Wu's like, what happened? And Geraldine's like, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Which, of course, we knew because um, very few Marvel characters, at least in the canon that we're exposed to, are capable of perpetuating a construct this intense for this long, this securely. Of course, it's just Wanda. So... But it's, it did seem like Geraldine retained her outside knowledge and um, fucking cracked under the pressure, it seemed, uh, because she was not able to keep her cool, which very few people would be able to do when you're confronted with an angry Scarlet Witch. Because um, as proven by this show and all other instances of her incredible power, she's kind of really fucking strong and should be feared tremendously. Tremendous amount of fear. It's, she's incredibly powerful. This episode was phenomenal. The subtle callbacks with Agent Wu. Us getting the details of what the fuck is actually happening. 
Um, and now I'm like, what's the show going to be like from here on out? First three episodes were all sitcoms, and we all got that sense of unease that something was wrong. And they still got us with the unease in this episode. That fucking shot of Dead Vision fucking spooked me. It was excellent. I was like, oh, fuck. Because I had, like, the music sting, and he's just like, Wanda, what's wrong? And you're just like, oh, my God. I thought that was fucking so smooth. And so, mwah, it was great. Nobody expected that. No one expected that. Not a fucking soul expected that. That was so fucking good. Um, so my theory of what like the next couple of episodes are going to be, because we still have five left, is it'll probably split the difference. I think we'll get the sitcom stuff, and I think we'll get the, the agent stuff. Because now that you've presented both sides of this coin, then there you go. And this debunks my theory that somebody is actively doing this to Wanda. And my idea that there was a third party, it is just Wanda's doing this to herself. She's created the safety bubble to protect herself from the grief of losing vision. Um, and then Sword is on the outside trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So, there you go. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where they go from here. Do they send more agents in? Do they, What do they do from from here on out? Will the show continue to, to age? Well, the next time we see the sitcom, will we be in the 80s? Um, where we had things like, what were the sitcoms of the 80s? Full House? Um, Cosby Show? Um, sitcoms of the 80s. Uh, facts of Life, Growing Pains, Head of the Class, Family Ties, Happy Days, Full House, One Day at a Time, that shit. Okay. So, that's what we'll get. Um, Happy Days? That was that was seventy four to like eighty something. The Happy Days is predominantly the seventies, so I'd say Full House was like eighty seven into the into the nineties, and Head of the Class, Growing Pants was eighty five, Facts of Life was seventy nine to to eighty eight or something like that. So the facts of life when the world doesn't seem to be living up to your dreams. Facts of life are all about you. We're all about you, you. Anyway. Um, yeah, this was a really good episode. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, because now we finally have context. And we know what's happening now. Um, and I think this was the right time to do it. I was going to say I'm surprised they did it this early. But right before the halfway point seems to be the, the, the good time to do it. Now, um, usually at the midway point of the season of any show there is a there is a there is an apex there's a climax there is there's something occurs usually around the halfway point of the season to set off the second half of the season right uh it's it's fairly common that um a lot of shows will either have it's it's not uncommon that a show has a, a an overarching story camp or uh story arc that goes from the first episode of the season to the last episode of the season what is more common is that you will have an arc that goes from the first episode to the midway point, and then a second arc begins at the midway point to the end of the season. And elements can continue within, you know, whatever. Um, and this very much does feel like the overarching story of Wanda in the bubble will be the entire show, but I am willing to bet that something's going to occur in this next episode that's going to rock the turnip cart something's gonna happen. I have no idea what, but something's gonna happen in this next episode that's gonna really mess with things. And Wanda's not gonna like it. And this is very much one of those situations where it's like, you don't want her to be get mad because not one person that we have seen in this show, not one person stands a chance against Wanda not one and we got to remind ourselves a couple of things I think because my first thing was call in the Avengers because she's an Avenger and I'm stunned that none of them are here because what I guess happened was Wanda showed up for the big final fight and then fucking bailed and nobody went hey where did Wanda go and why is Vision's grave empty Captain America's aged and done right we know the story feeds into doctor strange in which wanda is a part of so 
I guess Wanda is on the path to recovery as a result of this show, or it's a it's another parallel universe's version of Wanda that Vision encounters because he introduces like the whole fucking multiverse. So who the fuck knows at that point? Uh, Iron Man's dead. Banner is like fully realized Hulk, right? Um, Thor is gone with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're off planet doing whatever the fuck they're going to do in Thor 4. Um, Spider-Man's not going to be of any help. Wanda doesn't really have like anybody. Like right now the Avengers are really like desperate and spread out. A lot of them are old. A lot of them are dead. A lot of them are done with being Avengers. You know? Like that that whole old class of stuff. Like where? It's very much like where are they now? And so it makes a lot of sense to me to start with Wanda because she's kind of she's kind of it, right? You know Hawkeye's off with his fucking family. You know he is. He's done. There's no way he's coming back from this. Who else do we have, really? Um, uh, Black Widow is dead. Um, fucking Pepper Potts is grieving for Tony. This is this is less than a month. Less than a month after the, the Thanos battle. People are fucking distracted. And definitely worrying about their own shit right now. Very much so worrying about their own shit right now. Um, you got Nick Fury and he's off palling around with Spider-Man and all that shit. And talking with the scroll. Um, also, according to some research I did, uh, it seems like the scroll ship is... Uh, um, at least in the comics, it was a sword vessel. Um, so perhaps there's a tie there. It does not seem like sword or bad guys. Let's put it that way. It does seem like they're good guys. They're just um, like on the on the not on the other side of the fence from Shield, but they are like their own fucking organization. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll just have to see what happens there. But I'm. I'm very curious to see where this goes. And poor Wanda. For for her grief to be so fucking powerful to do this, it's she's she's gotta be hurting bad. Let's move on to the next thing in podcast. Hello. I don't know why I'm saying hi, it's like the middle of it. Anyway. Um so, right? Hey, how y'all doing? Did y'all see that Ryan the Last Dragon trailer? It's the second trailer we've gotten, even though the world kind of acted like it was the first one. It, it wasn't. There was another one that came out like three months ago uh, that told us shit about this trailer, but yeah, whatever. I'm the only one that remembers things like that. Anyway, um, looks really good. It is it is heavily influenced by Southeast Asian cultures. So we're talking about the areas of like the Philippines, Malaysia, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, that whole pocket of the world. Uh, which is excellent. Um, I, I love the fact that these these latest Disney movies um, tend to take uh, inspiration from cultures that, as far as like Western mainstream media is concerned, especially kids' movies, tends not to get a lot of attention. Like Moana was very much influenced by the Polynesian uh, civilizations. Um, and then you have Frozen, which is very much about the Scandinavian uh, civilizations. And now we're getting into Southeast Asian cultures, uh, which are incredibly rich and diverse and full of a lot of incredible architecture. And for me, what it what it was that made like clued me in that this is what it was about was the um, was the hairstyles. Uh, that's where I, I kind of sat and I looked at it and I was like, that looks, uh, Southeast Asian inspired. So seems really cool. And it seems really good that that is, uh, what the, what the, what the Jimmy Jam is, uh, based on this trailer, it seems like the plot is, uh, warring factions, um, between four peoples who were once united, but now are not. And in order for them to become united, Raya needs to go hunt down the last dragon who is voiced by Aquafina, um, who I've only ever seen in Jumanji two. And I thought they did a wonderful job in that movie. Um, and they are so far my favorite character, especially that little speech where it's like, you ever do a group project? And there was that one kid who didn't do quite as much work as all the other kids, but he got the same grade anyway. 
Fucking love that shit. Um, I also love the way the dragon looks. I mean, obviously, this movie looks amazing. It looks like a like a fucking bare knuckle kung fu sort of fucking movie. Um, looks like there's gonna be a lot of really cool fights and stuff like that, which is really fun. Um, I loved the uh, intensity. Like, there's a bit right where Raya is like walking through a crowd that's like running away for some reason, and she's just like fucking power walking her way up like heads down like she's very purposefully moving her way through the crowd and you're just like oh man she's like here to fucking kick some ass and she's got this fucking whip sword from soul caliber um and that's really fun she she seems fantastic and i can't wait to know more about her um and more about what the situation is and it, it it's just very fun to like fucking sit back and be like all right Looks like this movie's got some chaps. This is a movie I've been aware of for a long time. I'm one of those people that uh, will look on Wikipedia at like future Disney projects that are like coming down the pipeline. So I've known about Ryan the Last Dragon for a couple of years now, um, because it was like hinted at like years and years ago that there the working title of this movie was Ryan the Last Dragon, um, and here we are. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how uh how good and or bad it is it did seem like some of the jokes were a little juvenile in the trailer i'm looking at you fucking poop joke when she becomes human unnecessary especially for a disney movie it seems seems cheap i'd like to think that disney is above such things as poop humor but perhaps not perhaps perhaps not um also sorry it's very early in the morning it seems like um, I haven't been able to find any confirmation on this, um, and it would be somewhat peculiar given that uh, Soul was free. I don't know what Disney Plus is really doing, but I believe the intention is that this will be thirty dollars on Disney Plus, just like uh, Mulan was, um, and I believe Black Widow will be as well. Um, so. I don't know what the big decision maker is when it comes to what movies are $30 and which ones aren't. Um, if you're going to do the $30 thing, you should just do the $30 thing. You should just commit to that because, like, why not? Right? By, put, by putting Soul up for free, which is wonderful... And I'm a big fan of it, right? You lose out any potential money. You might have made nothing. But by depriving yourself of even the chance of any money, I think that was a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, have it put, put Soul up on Disney Plus four months before it's free for Christmas, is what I would have done. And then with Black Widow, charge your. <laughs> Charge your $30 because you've already established that it's temporary, right? So people like me who don't want to spend the $30 are content to wait. And people who want to see the movie right now can spend the $30. You've already established this. People are, people are going to be unhappy no matter what the fuck you do, right? Like, why is it $30? I already paid for Disney Plus. That's me, right? That's that's my that's my view. I'm like, I already paid for Disney Plus. Why the fuck is it more? Why is it a premium thing? If you're going to do that, I would rather just pay more per month. That's my solution. Your service is $7 a month. Bump that shit up to 10 right? Because that would be an extra goddamn $36 a year for me, right? So there you go. There's your 30 bucks, right? Charge a little bit more per month and put your shit up there for free. That's what I would do. And I get like having the low price point makes it so more people can buy it, especially, you know, big families that don't have a lot of a disposable income. This allows them to get Disney Plus because again, it's $7 a month for, for fucking infinite Disney content, which will pay for itself a thousand times over within that month, especially if you have kids. Um, or just charge, offer offer a premium subscription price. Keep the $7 one, offer a more expensive premium service price where all those fucking movies are included is what I would do. I would rather pay more money per month 
to get those things than pay $30 one time to have it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's a perception thing. It's the same, really. I'm still spending $30, but because it's spread out over time and it's framed differently, it feels better. You know what I mean? And it's all about that. It's all about the perception. Like, it's the same shit, but it feels better. That's the route I would have taken. Welcome to Disney Plus Premium. For $10 a month, you get unlimited access to all of our new releases, as well as the entire backlog. And then I go, you're saying for an extra $3 a month, every time you come out with a new movie, I just get to watch it without having to spend $30? Wow, it's amazing! Even though that's exactly what I'm doing, I'm spending that $30. And you might not come out with a movie this year, so it's really just a gamble. I don't know, it makes me feel better. But Ryan the Last Dragon looks very good. And I'm very excited to see that movie. Um, I would love to see that movie on the big screen, though, I'll tell you that. And it's hard not to look at that movie, an animated kind of action-y fight movie, what with the hand-to-hand -hand combat. I was going to say Kung Fu, but, I mean, it's probably not. I mean, Kung Fu gets, like, blanketed as this martial arts. We'll say martial arts, because martial arts covers, covers them all. Like, all of those hand-to-hand -hand combats are a form of martial art. Um, so... It's hard to see an animated martial arts movie, especially with supernatural elements, and not think about or compare it to Kung Fu Panda. And it's also not it's also hard to see a movie about a warrior who works with a dragon, that is the last dragon, without thinking about Dragonheart. So those are the two movies I will be thinking about when I see Ryan the Last Dragon. Kung Fu Panda and Dragonheart, mixed with Southeast Asian cultures and a blue Aquafina dragon. And you just smash it all together and you call it a Disney movie. So, we'll see how that goes. I don't fucking know. Also, that big fuzzy roly-poly thing is the best and I love him. And he's, he's amazing. And I want a mug shaped like that. I can already see in my head the fucking last dragon mug. I can see it. I can see it so fucking clearly and I want it. Next thing in the podcast. Hi, everybody. I don't know why I keep saying hello at the start of these segments. Anyway, for the last thing uh, that we're going to talk about this week, I went on a trip. I needed a me day. I needed some me time. And what better trip to take when all you're looking for is time alone than going to visit the Pacific Ocean. And that's what I did. I woke up at 6 a.m. Um, on, the, on the day of the trip. And went straight to Edmonds to hop on the Edmonds to Kingston ferry, which I uh, did exactly what I wanted to do. There was a 710 ferry that I was able to make, and then the ferry ride was about half an hour. And then you you drive through Creeptown Junction, which is uh, Port Gamble, and I don't like Port Gamble. It's like it's like if the town from Hot Fuzz was real, it reminds me of Port Gamble. So yeah, it's not as pretty as the town from Hot Fuzz. But if it has that, that air of, like, everything's controlled by the Homeowners Association. And it's got to be very particular because we have a style because we're Port Gamble. Um, fuck you, Port Gamble. Anyway, you drive through Port Gamble. Also, you go from, like, 60 miles an hour to 25 miles an hour because they're like, don't go too fast through our cute little town. Don't you want to see the pretty houses and pull over? No, fuck you, Port Gamble. I don't. I want to go to the Pacific Ocean. So, I kept on blasting through. And um, I thought about pulling over and squim for some food, but then I was like, Port Angeles is like right there, and I know they have McDonald's. By the time I got to the McDonald's at Port Angeles, it was like 8 in the morning, so I was like, perfect, let's... Actually, it would have been more like 9 in the morning. Let's get some breakfast, so I got a, like a sausage McMuffin or whatever the fuck, and then I got a McGriddle for the first time ever. Um, mostly because I saw that had sausage in it, and I wanted something with sausage in it, so I ordered that before I saw the actual normal sausage sandwich, and then I ordered that one as well. A McGriddle, if you don't know, is a goddamn breakfast sandwich. Instead of uh, an English muffin or a biscuit or bread, it is two syrup-soaked pancakes. Which, on paper, sounds disgusting. But this morning, oh man, that hit good. And it wasn't too big. It was like it was like the right amount of sweet to savory. If it was any larger, I wouldn't have enjoyed it, or I wouldn't have been able to finish it. But it's just large enough that I was able to finish it. And then I continued on my journey. Once you get past Port Angeles, it's basically open forest and national park and the national 
forest and whatever. Um, and I drove past Lake Crescent. Um, I tried to pull over at the lodge, but it was closed. I'm not sure if that was due to the season or due to COVID, but I've definitely been to that lodge in the winter season. Um, not in the building, but like in the area. So I'm, I'm guessing it was closed because of COVID, which is unfortunate. Um, cause I would have liked to just like go to the fucking beach, but whatever. Um, and then I just kept on, kept on driving. Um, the original plan was to go to second beach, um, near La Push, which if you're listening to the, uh, Twilight audiobooks, you'll know that that is where the werewolves are. And I've long, it's been a long time since I've been to Forks. Um, or to La Push even. And, uh, I missed it. And so I wanted to go out there and, uh, see the Pacific Ocean from there. And it was about maybe 10 minutes out when I see a big flashing sign that says the Quiolute Nation and La Push was closed. Um, most probably due to COVID. Um, I'm really happy they took the, uh, precaution to basically ban all dumb outsiders, i.e. me, from going into their zone, potentially with COVID, which would be incredibly damaging to a small, close-knit community like that. So, um, I mean, outside of that sign, there was nothing blocking the road, obviously, because people need to, like, leave and enter because they live there. Um, but out of respect of the sign, I turned around. Um... And on one hand, you're like, ah, you spent four fucking hours driving out to the coast only to get roadblocked at like the last minute. And I, to that, I kind of shrug and I go, well, you know, they didn't want me there. So I didn't go. And what I went to instead was Rialto Beach, which was um, uh, before the sign. Like the turnoff for Rialto Beach was before the big flashing sign. So I guess it was okay. I don't know. That might have still been in the nation. And if that's the case, I fully apologize. I did wear my mask the entire time. So hopefully it's okay. Um, but I went to Rialto Beach. Saw a seal. That was really cool. Um, and I got there. Um, it was drizzling on and off the entire way. It never really like dumped rain, which I was kind of bummed about because my car really needs to be washed. Um, but it drizzled on and off. And uh, when I got to the beach, it was uh, mostly mist coming off of the enormous waves like six to eight foot waves the swells were amazing it was high tide as fuck meaning that um most of the time you were on the beach you had maybe a 20 foot gap between the ocean and the like the the so the way it's like not designed but the way it has become is that there's the there's the beach bit where the the surf will crash up against and then there is a, like, a higher chunk of land. Like, it elevates, like, six feet. Um, and the waves just kind of thud against that wall. Um, and so, you had an impassable wall on one side and the ocean on the other side. And between both of those elements, it was just a sea of driftwood logs. Some of the biggest driftwood logs I've ever seen. Like, fallen redwood motherfuckers. Like, these things have been around for a long time. And it is humbling when you see a log that is about as tall as you are and easily weighs multiple tons move when the fucking waves hit it and the whole thing just fucking lifted off the ground and shifted. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, the power of the ocean. Uh, so what I ended up doing was I found, like, a, a felled tree. It wasn't quite a driftwood log yet. It was definitely a tree. It was still green on the top. And this thing was made out of, like, three bits. Like, it had three massive trunks, you know? It, like, split at the bottom and became three massive trunks. And I climbed those trunks like a ladder. And so I'm sitting on the top of this tree on its side, like, 20-something feet in the air. Far above the crashing waves. Um... And I just sat there on my jacket for, like, an hour. Just watching the waves. Because um, the whole point of this was, like, I needed to d work through some stuff. I needed to do some thinking. And, um... It's mostly worked through, I would say. Um, I'm feeling a lot better now. Except I'm fucking exhausted. My eyes hurt. Um, I feel emotionally, mentally better than I did, like, last night or this morning. Which prompted the whole trip. Uh, which is great. You know, the, the, the power of the ocean and just being there... Um, it's such a, a raw, natural environment helped put things in perspective again. Um, and I, I need to do these trips 
basically weekly, it feels like now. And that's not a bad thing, because fucking nature's rad. But really getting in touch with nature and putting all of this fucking bullshit we deal with on the day-to-day in grander perspective is enormously helpful for me. It's like... It's like a bath for the soul, you know, and um, it was it was gorgeous out there. Um, I got like a couple of pieces of what I think are jade because they're fucking they sure look like jade um, and uh, a piece of sea glass, uh, really tiny pieces, like fucking really small because um, I, I try not to take things from beaches and stuff like that because in my head those items on the beach are part of the majesty of the beach and if I were to remove them then it's not as magical for the next person to come around you know what I mean so I tried to take pictures of things instead um leave with nothing but memories or whatever the fuck you know um but I really liked these little these little pieces so I took them anyway um it was it was a really uh, amazing experience um and it was basically an all-day trip I woke up at six uh, I got home about maybe 30 minutes ago, and it's about 4 in the afternoon now. Basically an all-day trip. It's like a 10-hour thing. Um, and on the way back, I basically sprinted home. I thought about stopping for lunch, you know, or maybe going to the Costco and swim and getting gas. And I was like, fuck it. I've got like 140 miles until it's empty. It's fine. You know, I just wanted to be home. Um, especially because I played chicken with the ocean and I lost and I had my pants soaked from like the knees down. And so my boots are in a corner drying, hopefully, um, from all the seawater and everything else I was wearing is already in the fucking washing machine. Um, so yeah, I, I lost when I played chicken. Um, but it was just, it was just very fun. I timed the, the ferry perfectly both ways. Um, I think in the morning I sat waiting for the ferry for maybe 15 minutes. And then this afternoon I sat for maybe 10. Like I timed it perfectly and I got on both of those ferries and it was amazing and fantastic. And I'm so happy that that worked out for me. Um, and then to end the day, um, and to end this podcast, I want to give a quick shout out, not sponsored, but shout out to Chocolate Man, which is a chocolate store in, uh, Lake Forest Park, Washington, um, they make like specialty truffles along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but I had one of their specialty truffle boxes, um, a little while ago and I thought they were amazing. And so I actually picked up another box of truffles because on this me day, I wanted some fucking truffles and I'm going to paint you a word picture to end this episode. I'm going to, this is all legit. I'm going to run a bath. I'm going to fill my bathtub with, with some hot water. I'm going to use one of my bath bombs, which I got for Christmas. I'm going to arrange my LED candles um, and have the entire bathroom lit only with those. I'm going to get my, my bamboo bath tray, which I do on. Uh, I'm going to set that up. I'm going to have my phone on there for some, some, for some videos watching. I'm going to have my box of chocolates, and I'm going to have a large cup of tea. And I'm going to stay in that water for like an hour. And I'm going to watch something super awesome and, like, feel goody. I'm going to eat my chocolates. I'm going to drink my tea. And I'm going to soak in some hot fucking water. Because that is how you do a self-care day. You go out and get some nature and you go on an adventure. And then you eat some lunch so you get some good food in you. And then you get some tea because you're exhausted. But you have so much more work to do today. And then you fucking take care of yourself. Now that's how I self-care. Um, and I don't give two tin shits if you're sitting there being like, you take baths with bath bombs? What's wrong with you? Motherfucker, my skin is luxurious and smooth. You wish you had this fucking skin. I am so goddamn relaxed after all that shit is done. Probably gonna watch the Great British Baking Show, watch the people make some omelets or whatever. It's gonna be fucking great. And I can't wait. I'm gonna eat some tasty-ass chocolates. I already had one of them because it was called the All Nighter, and apparently it was just pumped with tons of caffeine and coffee flavors. Um, which normally I don't go for coffee, um, but I needed the caffeine to try and wake up because otherwise I was going to pass out and I have like 12 chapters I need to read today. So yeah, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Going Up cast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, if you ever get the chance, you gotta see the Pacific Ocean. It is staggering. And I know that sounds weird, but 
it, it just is like there's something magical about that place um yeah and i will see you all next week for another episode have a good one everybody